Quality Files. Oh my god, it's so hot. It's so hot, and I'm literally sweating. There's solar flares and mercury retrograde. The I- world, it is end of times, literally. Literally. Wasn't that thing interesting that I sent you with like yeah. all the stuff that's going on? Yeah, for sure. If you thought Mercury was it, yeah. no. Well, I, I was really happy to find that little thing I sent you, which was like all the good stuff yeah. that comes out of Mercury retrograde. You know, it's crazy though. Last night I woke up wide awake at 3.33 and I was just like... 3.33? Yep. Oh, so my I, number nerd is happy. But I was like, I mean, wide awake. Like you would have thought it was... 10 a.m. and I had just woken up like ready to go. And then I woke up again at 5.30. Oh, God. I know. And that's usually once I'm out, I'm out. Yeah. But solar flares, mercury. Mm, all the stuff aliens. and all the shit. Well, there's that too. So <laughs> anyhow, you're listening to Oddity Files, the, the podcast. podcast. We are a paranormal podcast that talks about Pretty much whatever the hell we want, um, including but not limited to cryptids, ghosts, hauntings, curses, big feet, big feet, my boy, <laughs> and otherworldly things, if you will. So we're coming off of the live podcast at yeah. Ace. We said technically two back to back episodes from Seattle. Yeah. You fell in love with Seattle. I love it. So I've never met much. someone who was like, mm, Seattle's okay. No. Absolutely not. Well, I mean, it was the weather first and foremost, because it's so fucking humid in the Midwest. Right now. And there's like zero humidity in Seattle. Yeah. So big fan. Big (laughs) fan. I could do rain for like 20 minutes a day. Whoa. So I I sent her and her husband like a screenshot of a Zillow, just like an area of town. The cheapest home was $750,000. So I won't be moving to Seattle unless I start a GoFundMe, which I won't. I was like, (laughs) like, what do all these people do? And it wasn't like three homes for sale. They're like, they all make coffee and 90s alternative music, apparently, because that's what I think of when I think Seattle. Unreal. Nuts. Crazy, but it was it was a blast. We uh, we had a good time. We had a great event there for the day job. Oh, it was so fun. Got to meet some new Avengers we hadn't met oh, before. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, Josh Berlin is magical. <laughs> Loved him dearly. Zoe, whose last name I don't know how to pronounce. Saldana. Yes, was stunning, and and then there was Chris Evans. So it was it was a good weekend. It was a good weekend, and then at our live event, you know, we had a great turnout. I'm sure you've been seeing it on all of our social medias. Because those pictures are amazing, Jason. Thank you so much. We did get some great photos. Um, But yeah, it was just also a lot of fun. It It was was cool doing it like towards the end of a day once we were done with our technical work day. Yeah. Where we're usually just like winding down, maybe like having an old fashioned. We just got to do this, which was awesome. It was amazing. And I actually am in contact with one of our upcoming live podcast which is going to be at flashback weekend in rosemont illinois we're working on the time of the podcast right now so this is weird i'm not looking at you when i'm talking (laughs) so i'm head's kind of cocked anywho we did 
we've just been staring at each other the last couple ones. So anywho, <laughs> um, yeah, so we'll keep you posted on that. I did, uh, I'll, I'll update our website, which is oddityfiles.com, which is where we post all of our upcoming live stuff. Yeah. And if you aren't familiar, everything on our social is at Oddity Files. So if you're trying to find our Instagram or Twitter, um, we have a secret Facebook group that we're live on right now that a lot of times we we air our podcast live and then we delete them. So if you happen to be on while we're recording, you get to catch that, you know, a little early sneak preview. Yeah. And this one will absolutely be deleted because I have no makeup on and I haven't showered today. So I'm just putting that out there. I was in the pool. It's not that I'm lazy. Anyhow. It's hot. If you have a pool, be in it. But also with each episode, if there are any sort of visual aids, you can go to our Instagram and watch the stories. DJ Jimmy puts them together and they're time stamped. So if you're like, I was actually going to try to do it when you guys were on the cruise, and I'm really bad at it. Thank God, DJ Jimmy took over, wah wah, (laughs) and did did it right. But I'm excited to be back. We're here in the actual dungeon podcast slash. Editing Dungeon. Oh, yeah, now. Season three. It has officially begun. The editing has begun. Season three, episode one, is in its rough cut state. I just need all the boys to kind of look it over and get their approval, throw some titling up and music, and uh, we're thinking about making a new opener. I think we are. Yeah. We so. have some, uh, some people that we're talking to about getting some new stuff filmed for an opener and... I'm excited about it. I'm super stoked. Um, I can't wait to see what you come Actually, up with. it's crazy because we just came off of an investigation that I said I would never go on. Oh, shit. We have so much to talk about. I know, this right? It's going to be a three-hour episode. <laughs> um, yes, we went to Bobby Mackey's, Bobby Mackey's, dude. The one place you always said, I will absolutely not go I just, there. I was always like, you know, and this was right off of the Ghost Adventures hoopla. Right. And it was demons and just dark, this, that, and another and so then, of course, everyone who went immediately after them was like, demons everywhere. Of course. But actually, one thing I think that changed my mind a lot was our investigation in Salt Lake. Oh, yeah. No, that makes complete sense um, that the same people said there were demons at. and Everywhere. There were not. So, yeah. And we went, and I don't think there are demons there. No, I, that was probably one of the most satisfying investigations we've done in a very long time. I can't tell you. And of course, we're not going to give anything away. No, this is a big tease for y'all. But I don't know if on any investigation we've ever been on, my eyes played so many tricks on me. Oh, that's what that place is known for. I I only saw that one thing. And you guys are going, did you? I'm like, nope, didn't see it. Nope, didn't see it. Literally, I felt like all night I was just like looking left and right really quick because... I mean, you guys will see it, but... Oh, yeah. It was so good. We were downstairs in the basement, and we tried a new experiment, which we won't talk about. Okay. I almost said something. Good call. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, we were really excited for you guys to see it. Um, And it just goes to say, like, we are not experts in this, and I don't think anyone is. And so we always try to come up with new ideas and new things to try out, because who knows? Like, it, it might work. Absolutely. And it was a good time. And we highly recommend Bobby Mackey. Yes. Um, everyone at Gatekeeper Paranormal was amazing. So great. Unfortunately, sometimes like you just never know what you're going to get when you show up to these locations. Don't. And We've had some crazies, people. <laughs> and they were so great. They were welcoming. Any questions we ask, they were willing to answer. If we didn't want to know, they're like, okay. Like, yeah. 
And she was up front. You're going to see this here and this. Yep. But this is actually this light reflecting from over here and there. And it's not paranormal at all. That's the stuff I want to What's nice is especially on an investigation like that where we have a limited amount of time. If they don't tell us that, we could spend 30 minutes trying to be like, what was that? Like, did you see that green flash? I, and five hours is not enough time. I'm just putting it out I, there. I know. And I'm so happy the place... It's not small, but it was the size that it was because we managed to get everywhere that we wanted to get. We did. We did. But I could have stayed another three hours easy. Right. It was summer and there wasn't AC. There wasn't AC. So in the upstairs, if there's like, if you hear a lot of EVPs that sound like heavy breathing, that's just us. Oh, yeah, it's definitely me. <laughs> definitely me. <laughs> yeah. Or the uh, the fireworks because it was July 3rd. Yes. <laughs> It was great, though. It was a lot of fun. And I have a feeler out to somewhere else that I need to talk to you about. Okay, um, perfect. But she already got back to us. So this paranormal in the news, you're going to freak. Uh-oh. And you're going to be upset we missed out. Oh. So main couple buys home that inspired the horror movie, The Conjuring. Ugh. Corey Heinzen of Mexico said he and wife Jennifer fell in love with the 1736 Rhode Island farmhouse, Bumps in the Night. And all. So the couple bought the famously haunted Rhode Island farmhouse. Uh, and it, like the moment they walked in, they had doors opening, what? footsteps, knocks. Uh, they've had ev- absolutely everything happen to it. And I think it had been, it was the 70s when the per- Perrin Perron family with their five daughters lived there and I think it's been empty for a little bit. So Whoa. but what their plans are please say bed and breakfast. No, they're gonna well, I don't know if they're gonna live there or not. It's been like a week since I read this article. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um but they are gonna open it up for paranormal investigations. Amazing. Yeah, I think they're gonna restore it, get everything safe. That's awesome. Possibly air conditioning, which I highly recommend. And um, heat. And heat. <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, I thought that was super exciting. That is awesome. And That's the house very, very is cool. actually gorgeous and not anything li- what it looked like in the movies. Shocker. Yeah. Surprise. Oh. Yeah. I don't want to seem disappointed, but. I, I, I don't know if I'd live there. No, but they but... definitely do it different in the movie. Yeah. And he doesn't <laughs> feel like there's any demons or anything negative there. He just, just feels like it's super duper active. And that's my Cliff Notes version. Yeah. (laughs) So I actually have something. We were driving here. And do you remember um, Jesse? She sent in the story about the nesting witch. Yes. In Gatlinburg. Yeah. So she sent us this for a paranormal in the news. And I'm sure you've heard about it. And it's, it's not an actual event. But people are starting to like wonder, is this actually going to happen? That... There are over 150,000 people RSVP'd to raid Area 51 on September 20th. You know, the only reason I know about that My is little sister. your sister. Yeah, she shares it. <laughs> like everything they share, she shares. I'm like expecting her to go. But and at the end of all their posts, they're like, this is a joke. We're not actually doing this. But now it's like. It's, th- it'll happen. This is on a news station in Pittsburgh saying oh, like no. they've stated like they, these plans. People don't go. It's a joke. It's a joke. It's a joke. But it's like spreading like wildfire. It, it is interesting to read. Someone's going to show up. L- hundreds are going to show up. 3 a.m. At least. Yeah. 3 a.m. But don't go. Well, I'll, I'll watch it go down on the news the next day. I haven't watched the news right. in 10 years, but I'll watch it. I'll for watch that. it for that. Yeah. 
Oh, but it'd be so Could funny. Could you imagine? But the thing is, like, Area 51 is government owned. Yeah. You that's think highly illegal. 150,000 just, you know, very normal citizens, pedestrians. And people would shoot at them. Yes. They have every right to. It's government The property. aliens. The lasers that what's-his-name <laughs> got hit with. Level 7 at Delcy. Level 7. We can never remember his name, but we know it's freaking Level 7. Something Schneider, I think. Mm. Philip Schneider. Philip. Good old Phil. Oh, that guy. He's <laughs> trouble. But yeah, people are crazy. Absolutely. Oh, we did forget to mention. Well, Uh-oh. I did mention that we're editing season three. But for our new listeners, I feel like we need to mention this every episode. Um, we do have a reality show on Amazon Prime. Yes. It's called Oddity Files of All Things. Shocker. So check it out. Spread the word. We're, we hunt ghosts. It's like our, our really expensive hobby. <laughs> right. It is. <laughs> but it's fun. And this wouldn't be a thing if it weren't for that. So Exactly. Exactly. And I feel like... More people are finding our podcast because they're finding us on Amazon. Agreed. And none of our episodes that have aired, there wasn't a podcast yet. You know, no. like season two wrapped before we started the podcast. Yeah, I think. So we didn't even like. We're like halfway through it. this coming season before we even mention it. Yeah, I think Waverly. No. M- what was before Waverly? The Little Town. Where I the whole town was I remember mentioning haunted. it and Carter gave us shit. That was at Waverly. Okay. Gotcha. Were we? We, we didn't were doing t- the podcast in Salt when we did Salt Lake. Yeah, but I don't think it ever came up. I don't think so either. But we get our podcast vibe on in the last two episodes. Right. <laughs> we're all like, "Hey, we're here, and we're going <laughs> to tell you all about it," and it works. It really does work. So I'm kind of it's not a, mad at it. I know <laughs> it's like all the goods coming out of this. Exactly. Um, anything creepy going on in your world? Oh shit. I was going to say something. I literally thought about it on the way here. I was like, oh, when she asked me this question, I'm going to say this. <sighs> I can't think of it. Oh, it might have just been me like waking up. Oh, yeah. Because that's a symptom of mercury. And, and solar flares. And solar and flares. Everything. They're all terrible. <laughs> um, and technology. Yesterday I was running in my headphones, my phone simultaneously just decided to freak out. Really? Literally. Just freak out i think my front door may have unlocked itself the other night that's terrifying i mean the alarm was on and everything but chris always locks it Uh i always double check it but i will say when i went to set the alarm from my phone it said oh problem with the front door yikes so i went down i just pushed on it i would assume i would have checked to see if it was locked i can't really remember because i'm alzheimer's years old but i woke up the next morning the alarm's still on the front door's unlocked hmm well, at least the alarm was on. Yeah. Hopefully yeah. no one snuck in. Or nothing snuck in. There's someone living in your attic right now and you don't even know it? Oh, I'd know it because it's right next to my bedroom. <laughs> I would... Have you seen the stories of people that like yes. find people in their attics? Yes. That's the most fucking terrifying thing terrifying. in the world. Oh, shoot. I guess we should probably tell stories. Oh, we can tell stories. Yeah. I have no idea who goes first. You went first at the live I? podcast, I think. Okay. Which I've I've next time we live podcast, I like the whole iPad aspect of it, but I've got to remember to turn on do not rotate because I talk with my hands and every time I'd go back to read, I'd be like, Oh shit, I lost my place. I mentioned that. I was like, I think because it was when you'd go back to your iPad, you're like, Where was I? 
But there were a couple times that you would like do this and I would see it go and I was like, oh no. There it goes. There it She's going to be a minute. Just, <laughs> just wait it out, people. So I have um, a very interesting story. It's a notoriously haunted location that has Ooh. been on my bucket list for a very long time. I'm intrigued. Um, and the other day I had to drive to Cincinnati at spur of the moment and I started listening to lore. Yeah. Love Aaron Mankey. So much. Love him. But he talked about the Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum. Ooh. Yeah. So I did a little bit of research, and I had recently seen a Portals to Hell done there with Jack and Katrina. So I figured, well, hell, let's go with this, because I know something about it right now. So the Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum, constructed between 1858 and 1881, is the largest hand-cut stonemasonry building in North America and is purportedly or reportedly, I wrote purportedly, I might have (laughs) copy and pasted that because I never use that word, the second largest in the world next to the Kremlin. Whoa. Which is kind of cool. The state of mental... Reform prior to the building of Trans Allegheny was straight out of your worst nightmare. People with mental illnesses were treated worse than anyone could imagine, chained to walls, beaten to submission, and no one really cared. They were usually just kept in prison. Right. Um, cue Dr. Dorothea Dix. She was born to an alcoholic, abusive father and a mentally unstable mother at a young age. She took it upon herself to raise her younger siblings. Dorothea was smart, like crazy smart with no formal education and and the drive to make the world a better place. Dorothea opened a private school in Massachusetts at the age of 15. She like started the school? Yes, she started the school. I'm behind. Right. And taught young girls at a time where little or no education was even available to females. Wow. 15 years old. I feel like an underachiever at the moment. I'm just going to put that out there. Um, At the age of 39, Dorothea was witness to the devastating conditions of mentally ill inmates were forced to endure, chained to the wall naked, no heating or ventilation, and she knew what her next calling was. It was the crusade to improve the treatment for the mentally ill. Having a mentally ill mother and an alcoholic father, I mean, She had a mission. She did. She managed to gain the attention of the state, and they authorized funds to improve the devastating conditions she had been exposing to the public. Because she went out and was like, no, people, you have to know what's going on here. Um, Trans-Allegheny was the second asylum built in her efforts to make the world a better place for those who needed the help the most. The building was built so that all patients would get as much sunlight and fresh air as possible, a very long building similar to Waverly, and it was designed to hold up to 250 patients at a time with all the best intentions as asylums were. There's my scroll. But in the mid-19th century, view of mental illness was kind of a catch-all for those people who did, said, and saw things no one wanted to deal with. You could be admitted to the asylum for superstition, sexual deviance, which could be anything other than missionary style, (sighs) deserting your husband, having fits of anger, or just being lazy. Women were admitted daily for something called menstrual derangement. Whoa. So you could go to an asylum for PMS. Wow. <laughs> Can I just say, this bitch Good. would have been locked away for more than one of those quaint little quote-unquote <laughs> ailments. 
That's my hard eye roll, kids. And at this point, the hospital had over 750 patients in a hospital that was built for 250. Trying to keep up, the hospital grew, adding patients, criminally insane, and so much more. And it finally reached over 2,500 patients at one point. Whoa. Um, There was no way to keep keep up. By the 30s, the place was so full with people and that their families just didn't want to deal with anymore, which is the way they did it back then. Uh, The staff was overworked, undereducated, and conditions quickly became nearly as horrific as what Dorothea Dix was trying to avoid. The violence of the inmates grew to an all-time high and the reins were tightened. And then the lobotomies began. Trans-Allegheny is known for that crazy lobotomy doctor uh-huh. whose name is escaping me, and I'm not sure why I didn't put in the story. But what a, anybody who doesn't know what a lobotomy is, is they'd pretty much go in and scramble, for lack of a better word, the part of the brain that would make patients violent. It's said that there were hundreds of these procedures done at this asylum alone, which left several of the recipients disabled, and sometimes it just killed them. Whoa terrifying but some something needed to be done one nurse went missing and administrators assumed she had just had enough and quit and left right then two months later they found her dead under a staircase two months two months physical assault rape and even murder were a common thing as people were not separated by the severity of their illness they were just put all willy-nilly and everything was just swept under the rug as Things were done back there then, sadly. One specific incident is also one of the hauntings uh, that paranormal investigators seek when they investigate this location. The story is bone-chilling and goes a little something like this. As recently as the 1980s, three men were kept in a secure room on the floor specifically designed for the most violent of patients. This specific room had two men that were known for their criminal violence, and the other man was usually sweet and mild-mannered and loved nothing more than to color at the foot of his nurse, aside from the occasional outbursts he would have. He didn't speak. He had no way to communicate his feelings, so he would have these outbursts once in a while just out of sheer frustration, kind of like a toddler. Yeah. One night, the two criminals were sick of this man's snoring. So the dick faces that they were decided they would just hang him. Not even kidding. Taking the sheets from his own bed, tying a noose around his neck, they would hoist him up to the ceiling with a pipe that was up on the ceiling, hoping to kill him. And they didn't. So they do it again. And he didn't die. And so they do it again. It was fucking crazy. Um... When they decided this just isn't going to do the trick, we'll call him dick face number one, placed the poor mute man's head between a bedpost and the floor and had dick face number two jump up and down on the bed until the man's skull was crushed and couldn't snore anymore. How fucked up is that? Oh my gosh. Today, this room is said to uh, have a dark figure looming outside the door. No kidding. Yeah. But it's also well known for the communication with what investigators th- investigators think is the mentally ill man who was beautif- be- beautifully, it's a scratch, that brutally killed in this room. And, and they know it's him due to the childlike responses they get when no, yes and no questions are asked by instruments such as the REM pod and a K2 meter. Um, on the episode of Portals, Portals to Hell, 
when Jack and Katrina talked to this man. It was beautiful. Jack looked like he was about to cry. He's like, this is the most insane thing I've ever witnessed in my life. So cool. But is the dark shadow in the hallway one of the dick face murderers, or is it someone watching over the man who was murdered in cold blood or for just snoring? I like to think it's somebody watching out for him because that's how we investigate. So when the dick faces were questioned about how it happened, the response was the ghosts did it. So this place has been haunted for a long fucking time. Yeah. But But the ghosts didn't do it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So the morgue building is known for large shadow figures moving around the room day and night. They're mostly seen on the wall where the body cabinets were kept. These are... Are these looming shadows residual energy of the workers doing their job, or is it something more sinister? People in this room claim overwhelming feelings of sadness and grief, which in a morgue makes complete sense. And then there's the haunting of Jane Harvey. Jane had been haunting her ward for years, but no one knew who she was or what she had died from until the current owners of the building compiled all the evidence that the investigators had brought to them over all the years. And they were actually able to find out who this spirit was, which I think is amazing. So Jane was one of the more temperamental patients who would cause harm mostly to herself. She eventually died of suicide and how she did it is brilliant, brilliant and in a fucked up sort of way and a bit creepy at the same time. So since she couldn't figure out how to hang herself from the ceiling, like a normal person would don't do this at home, kids. Um, she tied her bed sheet to her bed around like one of the legs of the bed uh-huh. and then tied it around her neck. And then she just leaned forward so that gravity and the weight of her own body would eventually strangle her with both of her feet firmly planted on the ground. Oh, my gosh. That is so fucked up. Anywho. Uh, so then there's the fourth floor. It's said to be the most active area in the location. Evidence is pretty much always captured there. The floor is mostly no- known for a nine-year-old girl named Lily. Oh. It's said that her mother was a patient who gave birth to Lily there. Lily never saw anything but the walls of the lunatic asylum Ugh. in her short life. It said Lily died at such an early age due to pneumonia. It's also said that sometimes she'll reach out and hold the hands of investigators and that there are always new toys left for the spirit who lived, died, and spends her afterlife confined within the fourth floor of this asylum. Ugh. Mm, So sad. But every once in a while, it gets dark on the fourth floor. The sense of evil is felt on this floor. They didn't say demons. Evil. Uh, yeah. And it's the creepiest fucking thing I've ever heard of. It creeps along the ceiling. It's mostly just like a blob of darkness uh, that inches along the ancient ceiling timbers. A blob of darkness that has been said to have tentacles uh, to help it move along. Snallygaster. Nope. Nope. Nope, 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 nope. Octopus blob of darkness. I'm officially removing this location from my bucket list. (laughs) It is evil incarnate. Speaking of evil, I found out an interesting tidbit during my research. I bet you can't guess who the asylum's most famous patient was. No. No. I would have never known either. Although, Although he's best known for his crimes in Southern California in the late 1960s, Charles Manson has deep ties to West Virginia. Really? Yeah. He was born in Cincinnati. Uh, also didn't know that. 
I didn't. I thought I did, but I think you said something was filmed in Cincinnati about him. Oh. Maybe. I don't know. So a young Manson was shuffled around between foster homes, extended family members, and the penal institutions. In 1939, Manson's mother and an accomplice named Luther Maddox were arrested in Charleston, West Virginia, for robbing Frank Martin. The pair's only weapon was a ketchup bottle. Wow. I thought that was interesting. Following his mother's arrest, Manson was sent to live with an aunt and uncle in a small town of McKellen, West Virginia. I'm sure I pronounced that wrong. By most accounts, Chuck I find that funny. Chuck Manson was a well-adjusted kid who went to church often and liked to play with other children outside. However, by the time Manson entered Central McClellan, uh, it's spelled really weird, McClellan, I don't know, Um, he was already engaged in petty theft and other crimes. At some point, Manson was sent to the Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum, thereby, thereby becoming the building's most infamous patient. I had no idea. No. I didn't even know he wasn't put into lunatic asylum. Why didn't they keep him? They should have kept him. They could have saved a lot of trouble. Exactly. So thousands of death has been deaths have been documented to have happened on the property, and there are over two thousand graves on site. Wow! Of people who were forgotten and never claimed in death. That's wild. And there you have it: a little history and some notorious hauntings of the Trans Allegheny Lunatic Asylum. I like that. Because I didn't know really the history of it at all. Yeah. I, I, I only knew what I learned from lore, and I'm like, oh, yep, that's what I'm doing. Um, what? Why did I just lose it? The Zac Efron movie, the, the Netflix film. Uh, Ted Bundy? Ted, that was filmed in Cincinnati. Oh, okay. Okay, so mine's also a haunted location, but I don't know how I didn't think to do this beforehand. I think sometimes, like, we're, we want to find like a good story so bad that we're like digging a little too deep, you know? Uh, agreed. And not thinking Guilty. about things like... So I'm doing this because my aunt actually sent it to me oh, because she listens. And I was like, why have I not done this? So when French explorers arrived in Mobile Bay and found sun-bleached bones stacked without heads on an island... They didn't realize they had just disturbed a sacred Native American burial ground that is rumored to be watched over by supernatural specters at night. Ooh. They immediately dubbed it Massacre Island. That is the coolest island name ever. Right. Since that beginning, those whispers and shadowy folklore surrounding Dauphin Island, Alabama, and its and its resident apparitions. Did they change the name? Yes, yeah, Dauphin Island. Name. Unacceptable. I'm sorry. Go ahead. You're good. And its resident apparitions have grown and continued to this day. Legend says that late at night, you can still hear Indian maidens singing to the beat of tribal drums and haunting flutes as they dance around the sacred inner circle of this ancient cemetery. A regular destination for seances and paranormal investigations, these burial grounds seem to be a gathering place for entities from many periods in the island's colorful history. Um, A little thing that I'm going to put in here. So that those French explorers, in 1703, they actually hosted the first Mardi Gras ever just (sighs) north of Dauphin Island in Mobile, 15 years before New Orleans was even a thing. Really? That's so cool. So, like I said, these French explorers, they deemed the island unfit to inhabit. It was just like, can't happen. Too terrifying. 
that and so then the American government decided to establish a military installment there during the War of 1812 and they scrapped that because they're like we can't do this because the area was also flooded oh. reptile infested and oh. crawling with malaria. Oh shit, yeah, get out of there. Yeah. So a new establishment was created during the Civil War and Fort Gaines was built contributing significantly to Mobile's ability to hold out during the Battle of Mobile Bay. It is now said to be the most haunted spot spot on the island. Fort Gaines contained 26 guns, a garrison of about 600 men during the Civil War. Over the years, many men have died at the site of Fort Gaines. A reported 1,800 of these men died in the bloody Battle of Mobile Bay. Oh, wow. There have been tales of wandering apparitions dressed in Civil War attire at the red brick facility on the extreme east end of the island and atop nearby bunkers on the walls. Others have seen a woman in a long flowing skirt appear and then just fade away. It's no surprise that this fort is haunted by so many angry, restless spirits. Many visitors to the fort, as well as employees, have reported seeing the apparitions of former Confederate and Union soldiers wandering all over the grounds. Oh, my gosh. Many have even caught these entities on film, including paranormal investigators. Ooh. Yeah. Another apparition of the fort is a soldier, and he's said to follow people around the fort until they leave. Just, like, leave the front gates. The spirit... <laughs> like, escorts them out? Or it's like, yeah, I love that. You guys need to leave. The spirit um, <laughs> has been seen, and is it... And its presence has been felt by many visitors. Other ghostly encounters in the fort include a common ghostly, the common ghostly cold spots and footsteps. So, an MTV show called Fear filmed an episode on Fort Gaines. According to MTV, a Native American woman's apparition was seen wearing the skins of animals covered in blood. Oh. The show also shed a little light on some of the horrifying events at Fort Gaines. Apparently, the storms that occur on Dauphin Island are sometimes especially harsh, harsh, and these storms tend to wash up more bones of departed soldiers oh. and those of the Native American past. Wow. Because they said when these French explorers got there, it wasn't just like some bones. like They were structures, like mounds and piles, and they said that they don't ever think that the Native Americans lived there, but treated that site as like... A burial ground. Yeah, kind of like a, a shrine. Right, but no one knows why there weren't any skulls. No heads. All the no. other parts of the body, no skull. What's the quote about the skulls of your enemy? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so the show, the MTV show also... Um, I already said that, sorry. Welcome to my world. <laughs> <laughs> but even more bones can be found in a tunnel that collapsed on several Native American slaves. Oh, These slaves were chained together and buried alive in the accident. According oh. to locals, the bones were never removed and are still collapsed in the tunnel. Who made them slaves? I don't know. Okay. Probably the Americans. Okay. I mean. So there's also a report that several soldiers died in an underground pipe while trying to escape the fort. High tide came in and drowned them. Oh, shit. Yeah. So there were actually two properties resting near the Civil War construction. One of the properties was in really good condition, so it was relocated to a bustling area off of Bienville Boulevard. So this is now when Dauphin Island is like, this military fort is on it. It's like starting to be inhabited, like, you know. A little more touristy. Um, yeah. Okay. So the, um, the main road that runs along the island is Bienville Boulevard. So according to reports from locals, it wasn't just the house that moved that day. 
Reportedly, a gigantic dark cloud floated above the home and seemed to follow it all the way to its new location. What? Urban legend has it that the apparitions in the two homes were awakened only to discover they were being separated from each other and they were not happy about it. Oh, I love that story. After reconstruction began, construction workers kept being scared out of the home. The home restoration was scrapped and the property still stands today in utter disarray. Even now, individuals have documented seeing faces in windows and locals have called the police thinking someone was in the abandoned home. And I said, it's crazy to think that like my childhood vacation spot where much of my family has either lived or still lives (laughs) was once called Massacre Island. I love that. It's like my aunt and my uncle, cousins still live there. My grandparents lived there. So just growing up, we always went down to Dolphin Island. I think we need to buy those abandoned houses and turn them into Airbnbs. Stat. Well... And I know exactly where the house is because it was just always like the haunted house. Yeah. Because And it's just some old dilapidated home. And I guess the other one that was on the grounds was just like scrapped. It was oh, okay. not in good shape. But um, I do remember hearing that, that a lot of people tried to purchase the home but could not keep get a contractor to keep it because they literally kept getting scared out of the house. Ooh, that, that seems like a challenge. Right. <laughs> also, I've never heard of this MTV show called Fear. I, I remember, what was it, Fear Factor? Fear Factor was a show. Yeah. But Fear was an, an investigative show. They had a couple. I, and I know they had one other investigative show. Um, maybe that's the one I'm thinking of. Before we went to Waverly, a friend of mine said, check out this MTV show whose name I can't remember right now. Surprise. Um, when they went there, it was like Gary Busey, Vomit, and um, a couple other people. And it was actually really good. It's like they have, they're all rigged up with, you know, the GoPros. Well, this is before the age of GoPros, right. but the camera's on their face and a camera looking over their head. And it's a lot of that when they're turning, you see the background uh, moving, yep. they're not moving, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But it was, it was good. They were really freaked out at Waverly, but they'd have challenges to do in the location. Ah, uh, that makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. So, um, and I will say, that now, still to this day, on Dolphin Island, there's a park called Indian Shell Mound Park. That is, that's where all like the drums are said to be heard and the flutes. I love that. I've never heard any drums or flutes. What they do with all the bones? Or had washed up bones? I don't know. That's freaky. But I totally believe the malaria thing because the amount of mosquitoes there. Oh God! Yeah, I can't even imagine. And I used to catch lizards and bring them back to Indiana. Oh, that's that's frowned upon, just in case you didn't know. Did Jimmy cut that out? <laughs> she look, he just gave you like, no, we don't do that. <laughs> oh, that was a great yeah. story, though. Massacre I love it. Massacre Island. I loved it. Very cool. I didn't, never even heard of it. Yeah. Didn't, I've heard of the fort, I think, from like a TV show yeah. or something. That's awesome. I yeah, love and that. I've been to that fort like, you know, a hundred times. So crazy. That is crazy. And I did know that because, I mean, in the gift shop and everything, there's like books about like haunted Fort Gaines and um, and the, they don't hesitate to tell you about that. But this was before like any of my. Before we even thought before about this, doing right. this. Yeah. I haven't been down there since I was, oh my gosh, like a sophomore or junior in, or in high school. So it's been a while. Oh, wow. Yeah. I think it's time to go back. We should go back. Yeah. We have a place to stay. Well, and can we get into the abandoned haunted house? Well, it is abandoned. Hmm? Well, <laughs> we'll find somebody to say we can go in there. 
Um, I think we have time for a, a listener story. Let's do it. How do you feel about that? Okay, so this is Hello Oddity Files. I've started listening to your podcasts and watching some of your episodes. Love, in all caps, your work. I find your approach very original, and I love the fact that you have loads of fun at the same time. I used to be a loyal Taps fan, but after a while, they lost me. During your podcasts, you encourage listeners to send your personal nonfiction paranormal stories. I've decided to send you three short stories of my own attached. I'll probably only read just one this time <laughs> around. Um, I hope you like them. Thanks for being you and ghost on. Ooh, I like that. Catchy. Yeah. New fan, Ursula from Michigan. Okay. So... In 1975, she was four years old. There were times I would insist on sleeping in between my parents in their bed. On this night, this is exactly where I was in the wee hours of the night. I woke and sat up between my parents, rubbing my eyes. Once I removed my hands from my face, I looked up and there it was. Standing at the right side of the bed was a clown. What? And she goes on to say, I mean a clown in full gear why did i not expect that i didn't either red wig red nose white face red mouth white jumper and a large multicolored polka dots absolutely not i'm not even Uh, afraid of clowns i'm not either but But next to my bed nope hails to the no nope (sighs) i could not see his feet because it was that close to the edge of my parents queen size bed I could not see his eyes because there was a shadow over them. Oh, no. This clown was staring at me. I tried to talk to it, but it would not respond. She was four. So, I mean, you see a clown, you get excited at four. Um, It wouldn't respond. I have three older sisters, and I was suspicious that it was one of them messing with me. So I said, Angela, is that you? Again, no movement, no response. All this happening while my parents slept as the moon lit up the room. I got frustrated and thought, whatever. And I lay back down and went back to sleep. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's terrifying. So many people she, have the fear of clowns. Right. She's probably, she's lucky, like, she's probably lucky that happened to her at four. Yeah. Could you imagine <laughs> at like 13? I'd lose my shit. Right. I wouldn't say, Ugh, and roll <laughs> whatever. over. Whatever. <laughs> my gosh. Um, let's tell one more. Okay. Because that was so good. Um, This is in 1977 when she was six years old. Even as a kid, I would never sleep through the whole night without needing to get up and go to the bathroom. Same girl. Same. (laughs) I had been sleeping super soundly when my bladder poked at me and said, hey, get up. I jumped up and scurried to the potty. I like her. She calls it a potty, too. (laughs) Um, To give you a visual of our bathroom, as you walked in, the mirror and sink were directly on the left with the toilet on that same wall with the bathtub across from both the sink and the toilet. In between the toilet and the bathtub, there was a window. So if you were sitting on the seat, the window would be above your head and to the left. Everybody got a visual? Yep, got I it. I think I do. I was grateful for simply making it to the potty <laughs> so I would not get into trouble for soiling my PJs. As I was feeling relieved, I heard a sound coming from above my head. I looked up and could not believe my eyes. No. There, coming through the bathroom window, is what appeared to be a woman's arm. <gasps> no. Ew. 
I'll go on. It was stretched out through the closed window, seemingly reaching for the sky. The skin looked off-white. The nails were perfect and painted. And I also recall the hand donned a ring. The arm did not move, but I finished up in a hurry and ran back to the safety of my own bed. The difference between again, she goes back to sleep. (laughs) Oh my gosh! How many? There's only one more. Should we just finish it? It's up to you. Okay, that's fine. Because maybe it all ties in. I want to read one. Oh, that makes all the sense. So it's the last one. Eight years, 1979. So like I already said, she's eight years old. In the house I grew up in, we had a long hallway that led to three bedrooms on one end, the living room in the middle, and at the opposite end was the kitchen. Again, good with the visuals. Yeah. One of the bedrooms was mine, so I grabbed some of my toys and went to play and monkey around a long hallway. The only two people in the house were myself and my dad. Sorry, page turn. My dad was in the kitchen reading a newspaper. He was sitting at the kitchen table where he could easily keep an eye on me. I was just busy having fun with my toys when I heard the voice. Jesus. Mm -mm. The voice was a woman's voice, and it sounded very much like my very much alive sister. The voice was not at all distant, but rather right next to me, directly in my ear. The voice simply said my name, Ursula. I instantly froze. I looked around and said, hello, out loud with eyes wide open. After a moment or two, I asked my dad, did you call me? He said he did not. After that, I just went back to playing with my toys. These occurrences happened approximately 40 years ago, but I remember it all very clearly. As you would. Mm -hmm. I believe as a child, it is very easy to see certain things that many adults cannot. Same goes for animals. It is also easier for children to shrug things off, like we said, whereas adults tend to search for answers. Yes. Those are great. Those are so great. I wonder if she's some sort of like, some sort of medium. Yeah. Or I, if she has the ability anymore, has she right. seen anything? Ursula, let us know. Those were amazing stories. Those were amazing stories. Look, we're only going to read one. <laughs> I know. But I'm like, oh, must find out more. No, that's great. And that any great. of you listening, if you have a story, just email it to us at oddityfilescrew at Gmail. Yes. Send it to us on the Twitter, on the Facebook, on the Instagram, anywhere you have access to us. It's easier for me to get a hold of it on email, though. I'm just putting that out there because I'm old and... <laughs> It's all right. It's Just easier. Saying. Keeps them all in one place. Yeah. But yeah, that's a that's a wrap. Yeah. Right? I think so. Go check out our merch. Check out our social media. Yeah. Um, Rate, review, and subscribe. Oh, please, please, please. shoot. We need to get Hollis's Oh, yeah. We need stuff. To, sorry. We've been Hollis, bouncing so all sorry. over the country with the day job, but yeah. we will get you your stuff and maybe throw in something extra we'll figure it out (laughs) all the guilt just saying but for those of you that have no clue what we're talking about at the oh i think we need to pick somebody for june oh jesus it's july now july whatever today is we'll do that on the next one we'll pick our next one on the next one so i can get all those together um but we have a contest every month if you rate and review us on apple Apple Podcasts, podcasts Um, we'll put you in a drawing for some fun oddity files stuff, an autograph, yeah. all that good stuff. So Hollis, we're on it. And the next winner, I apologize. There's been a lot, a lot of stuff. We've going had a lot on. of stuff going on. Yeah, a lot of exciting stuff. But we appreciate every single of one of you. You guys make this so much fun, and your feedback. I just we got like fan letters in our email the other day. Uh, How it's so amazing great. is well, that? And we just like 
and we've started saying this more and more. It's crazy that it's not just our friends and family that are listening. No, we met people we'd never met before yeah. who had listened to our podcast at the last event we were at in Seattle. And and the freaking cleaning housekeeper, right? That left that that left a note for one of our friends, like, "Hey, I listen to this podcast. You should check it out." Yeah, well, crazy. he had one of our stickers yeah. sitting on his thing, and she wrote an arrow to it. She's like, "Oh my god, this podcast is so awesome! I'm on episode 29, Solar Flares." Yeah. And so we left her something at the front desk. So if you're listening, I'd like to know that you got that. Oh, yeah. Um, we should name every episode Solar Flares. It's always Solar or Flares. Lag. This one will just be retrograde shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yes, we appreciate you and we adore you. And you guys make this fun for us. So you kind of fucking rock. But weird is the new cool. It is. It's getting less and less new as we go on. Now, yeah. weird, weird is, is the cool. cool. Oh, we might have to do that. <laughs> Anyhow, you guys are the best. Stay alert for those solar flares in that retrograde. We'll see you later. Ghost on. Ghost on. <laughs>